0: Today, we are going to speak about the continuing battle. You know, just in case you haven't noticed, there's a lot of horrific things happening. And it just seems like things are getting so bad. now. We, we see what's happening in our country and we understand how, how so bad it is, but we don't see what's happening in other, really in other countries other than a few things we hear, may hear on the news. But I'm sure what's happening in our country is also happening in other countries and um, there's, also, there's also different countries forming different alliances and, and um, having opponent one country against another country. And, you know, we, we understand that, that, that Hashem said that there'll be um, wars and w- rumors of wars and famines and pestilence and plagues and, and all of that. But it is a, it's, it's a battle. It's really a battle. And I'd like to talk a little bit about that today. <clears throat> and I wanna want to tell you about these two little boys that were, that they had a little battle too. They were two young brothers, eight and 10 years old, and they were exceedingly mischievous. Just, they got themselves in trouble all the time. Whatever went wrong in the neighborhood they were blamed. It turned and deservedly so, because it turned out they had a hand in it. And their parents were at their wits and trying to control them. Can you imagine if Joey and Zenny um were always getting in trouble? Or if Scott and Ben Joey <laughs> and Oh Joey right, no, right. Well that would be worse if it was your wife getting in trouble. <laughs> so um, so whatever went as I said whatever went wrong in the neighborhood they had a hand in it their parents were at their wits end trying to control them and they heard about a rabbi nearby who worked with delinquent boys and the mother suggested to her husband that she would ask the rabbi to talk with the boys and he agreed so the mother went to the rabbi and made her request. He agreed, but said she wanted to see the younger. But said he wanted to see the younger boy first and alone. So the mother sent the younger to the rabbi, and the rabbi sat the boy down across his huge, impressive desk. And for about five minutes, they just sat and stared at each other. And finally, the rabbi pointed his forefinger at the boy and he asked. He said, "Young man." Where is God? And the boy looked under the desk. He looked in the corners of the room, all around, then said nothing. Again, louder, the rabbi pointed at the boy and asked, Where is God? And again, the boy looked all around but said nothing. A third time, in a louder, firmer voice, The rabbi leaned far across the desk and he put his forefinger almost to the boy's nose and asked, Young man, I ask you, where is God? And the boy panicked and ran all the way home, finding his older brother. He dragged him upstairs to the room and into the closet where they usually plotted their mischief. He finally said, We are in big trouble. The older boy asked, What do you mean big trouble? What do we do this time? His brother replied, I'm telling you, we're in big trouble. God is missing and they think we did it. (laughs) (laughs) So, if I ask you, where is God? (laughs) You're not in trouble. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but I'd like to again as I said speak about the battle that continues. What we what we read about in in the parsha this this week we we read about the passing down of the covenant from generation to generation, from Abraham to Abraham to Yitzchak. And isn't that what we are supposed to do? We're supposed to pass it down from generation to generation. That's why it has always been our burden, my wife and myself, in every synagogue we, we, we've planted, and um, it's always been our burden to have a good children's program because it's all about passing down from generation to generation. And, um, and Rabbi, Rabbi Joey and Zenny, his wife, <laughs> when, they, when they came, um, I think it was back in 2006, I think, and, and, um, and they, had a, they had a burden for that too. And it, it's, it's so interesting because we are supposed to pass down the covenant blessing to our children, and um, but I, I, was so, I was so blessed yesterday. Um, I hadn't seen my son Scott and his wife Maritza and my granddaughter Sarah for a while because they live up in Boston, so I don't, see them all the time, I mean, we see them on FaceTime, of course, but, um, but they, they came, they were in for the weekend for a, a special function, and so they were over at our house, and um, it was so wonderful um, when, when, I, when I saw them, and Sarah ran over, and she and now she's big. She's five years old. <laughs> and she um, gave me such, a, such a, a big hug and said, I love you, Saba. And, um, that's, and that's because, why did she do that? Not because she sees me all the time, but because they're passing down the love from generation to generation. That's what we're supposed to be passing down. And, um, and then uh, they were both, Scott and, and Maritza were both in Israel for about each one for about two weeks and they were there separately because there was um, a birthright that was, one was for women and one was for men. So uh, first Maritza went and then, and then, and then Scott went. And... Um, and they had such a, they couldn't believe it. And I've been saying this all the time ever since, you know, we, my wife and I have led, have, um, led and co-led different um, tours throughout, throughout the years. And when you go into Israel, there's such a, a presence. There's such a presence. You feel the presence of Hashem. Uh, you, you, feel His, you feel His presence. And the other amazing, and so I asked them about it, and they said, oh, yes. I mean, they, they actually, they didn't want to leave. They, it was so, it was such a strong presence. And the other thing I said, I told them about, and they noticed, too, that when you take off to leave Israel, when you, you're you flying, you take off from Tel Aviv airport, and you start going up, all of a sudden, there's a certain place in the atmosphere that all of a sudden, that that same presence is not there. It's just a, I mean, the presence of God is certainly with you, but it, there's certain you feel something. It's like there's a spiritual thing you're feeling on you the whole time, and then there's a certain place in the atmosphere where all of a sudden you feel it's, it's gone. It doesn't mean God is not with you, it, but, it, but it's, it's a certain presence. And anyone, I mean, I wish that Atheists, a whole plane lobe of atheists could go there and they'd experience, they'd say, they would start saying, well what is this, what is this? And, and it, I believe God would reveal themselves because God doesn't want anyone to be an atheist because, because that, what God wants is God wants us to love him and draw near to, and draw near to him. So it's an, it's an amazing thing. And this battle that continues because we see the battle, when I say the battle continues, the battle between um, Yaakov and Asav. that battle continues. In that battle, there was a battle, and still is today, between Yaakov and Asav, And um, the end time war, which will take place, is when um, the Edomites will be destroyed. Um, and Yeshua will come, and it will, he'll save. When I say the Edomites will be destroyed, that's as, as a people. It doesn't mean every single one, because it's God's will that in every single nation, Israel and all the nations, that, that people will come to know him, and it's God's will that not one shall perish. Unfortunately, we know that people do perish, but it's his will, no matter where you're from, that God wants whoever your people are, God wants you and your people to come to know him because we're all the same. He loves us all the same. And he gives us different special um, gifts and special reasons why he wants to use us. But we're all the same and he, and he, and he loves us all. And, uh, but that's, that's a battle. And I spoke to this uh, uh, last night. I was speaking to this um, Jamaican couple um, they're Jewish and um, just bu- a beautiful couple. And I was noticing something um, after, you know, I was noticing something was not quite right with her, with, with, with one of her um, eyes. And, you know, I just, as, as I meet people, I, you know, as a retired eye doctor, I can certainly <laughs> notice that. And so I asked her. I said, "What, what, ha- what happened to your eye?" And she said, um, "She said in in Jamaica. She and she was a, a, a beautiful. She was a beautiful woman. Um, and she said in Jamaica many years ago, she was um, in the, the Miss Jamaica contest. You know, it's like the Miss America kind of the Miss Jake, Jamaica contest." And um, she, there was these these two other girls who she knew, and um, they, you know how they call people forward who are chosen for the next step, and she was chosen, and the two people who she knew were um, not were not chosen, and the mother of those two people got so angry she ran up and I don't know if it happened at the contest or right after the contest or whatever, she ran up and threw acid all over her. And this, this poor woman, she was telling me, and she didn't, I mean, thank God she's here, but she said she was in the hospital for about maybe six, seven, eight months, and she had surgery after surgery and, 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 and affected her eye and, 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 everything, and everything else, and, and she's, you know, pretty much fine today because the Lord had, um, she's Jewish, she's a Jewish, they're Jewish believers, um, she and her husband, but they have a, a regular family and, and everything else, and I mean, she's so blessed to the Lord that the Lord healed her. But you see, that's part of the battle that we have. That's part of the battle that we have in this country today. Um, we see all this terrible hatred, the, the mass killings, the sickness of people, the craziness, and um, we even see now it's just we can't turn on the news and not hear something bad. even uh, you know, when things happen like like even in, um, even with, with our elections and all type, type of things happening, I just the thing that, that upsets me the most is the hatred and the distrust and and it's also what happens, I see, it doesn't matter what side of the aisle you're on politically, because it's not a political thing. It's, I want to tell you, we're at a point now where people of authority, whether you're a judge, whether you're a, um, in the government, um, people of authority don't listen to people of authority anymore. Um, they, they, they could be, in other words... Um, police can tell you something and people can say no I'm not doing that and they don't say it like that they say it in a rebellious hateful way and people not only, not only with the police but people in the government and people of, of um, people who are in authority they just it's just terrible to see such rebellion such rebellion. The only good thing that I can see from it is, and I don't see anything good from it other than I look, try to look in the spiritual realm, and I think things are starting to get so bad that um, eventually people are going to say, what can we do? What can we do? And, and then we, as people, um, people who are believers in Messiah, we can say, we can tell you what you need. And we can maybe maybe the Lord is allowing these things to happen because things are going to get so bad that there's going to be um, such a need, uh, such a need for people to um, to uh, just feel that what can what can help me, what can I do, how can what am I, how am I going to live? That maybe it's going to be a worldwide. Harvest of revival. Wouldn't that be awesome? Yeah. yeah, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. That would be, that would be, so, uh, that would be so awesome. So it's, um, it's one of those things that we have to, we have to draw close to God at this time. And, and, and he's calling us because he loves us, but he's also calling us because we have a job to do. We really have a job to do. We present hope. And, um, and I, I just keep thinking that that all that ever since God, and I was talking to Rabbi Joey about this before, ever since God was pushed out of the schools and pushed out of events and pushed out of um, uh, push, push out of sporting events and pushed out of television and radio you, you, there's certain things you, you can't speak about things like that anymore I, ever since then I think things just got worse and worse and worse and will will continue because God doesn't want to be pushed out and God can't be pushed out because even if you push him out his presence is still there uh, But but the thing is um, if people think feel good because he's pushed out, then the those people who feel good have to will come to eventually realize. I can't push God anywhere. I need to come to. I need to repent and come to Him. And I really do think that that there is going to be a, a tremendous revival soon. I don't know what soon means but i'm saying i really i really think that there will be because it's just so it's just so horrible what what's happening so um and then and then now the whole thing i think it's the i think it's the craziest thing you know it's been on the news a lot lately so i'm sure some of you most of you have seen this but you know how now it used to be like it used to be, like with gender. With gender, it was male or female. Now they have, like, I don't know. They made all these different types of of genders. I I don't know how, and I'm not interested. <laughs> but uh, but now I think the most ridiculous thing is there was someone on the news, um, who yeah, who wants to who doesn't want to be told how old he is, he wants to change his age on his birth certificate. <laughs> you want to do that, case? Why? Why? You're not that old. Okay. <laughs> <Hey. laughs> oh, you want to be 135. Oh, okay. Oh, so you want these special government programs. <laughs> right. <laughs> I, I, and the reason why I say you're not so old is because you're, you're younger than I am. So, <laughs> so um, But yeah, can you imagine? I think, isn't that ridiculous? I mean, and there's actually, I heard attorneys, I was listening to a program where attorneys were discussing it, how well, you know, it's interesting, it could, we could it could be that, because one person got on and said well, you know something? It's not really about when you're born. It's about how you feel. And, and um, <laughs> I don't know. It's such craziness. Isn't, aren't there other things we could take care of? It's <laughs> things like that. And, and I look at myself, and I'm thankful every year that I get older. <laughs> so let's just praise God. Yeah. So um, anyway, Romans 9, 6 to 13 says, um, which is part of the B'rit Hadashah portion, says, but it's not as though the word of God had failed, for not all those who are descended from Israel are Israel, nor are they all children, because they're all Abraham's seed. Rather, your seed shall be called through Isaac. That is, not the children of the flesh who are children of God, rather the children of the promise are counted as the seed. For the word of the promise is this, at this time, I will come, and Sarah shall have a son. Not, and not only this, but also Rebecca having twins. From one act with our father Yitzchak, yet before the sons were even born and had not done anything, either good or bad, so that God's purpose and choice might stand, not because of works, but because of him who calls, and it was said to her, the older shall serve the younger. As it is written, Yaakov I love, but Esau I hated. And we have to understand, it's not that God hated Esau, but what he means by uh, Yaakov I love, the covenant, the love covenant that will be passed down is from Yaakov. But it's not gonna be passed down through Asav. God knows the inner nature, He knows what happens, and, and 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 people say, well, does that mean that there's predestination? No, that's not saying that there's predestination. It's saying like like if this is if this is eternity, if this is from from the time over here is from the time that man created and this is the time when the end will come and then then there's eternity but from this is and let's say this is 6,000 years um, 6,000 years and then he reigns or let's say it's the 7,000 years um, whatever but he knows the beginning from the end. And he sees everything, everything that goes on. So he knows this, the end of the story. He knows what's going to happen. So this is our God, and he can see he can see it all. And so the fact that he can see it all, I believe he's calling us now to understand that there is a constant battle and um, we, we read in, in the Parsha, in, in Genesis 25, <clears throat> um, where it says, now these are the genealogies or generations of Yitzchak, Avraham's son. Avraham fathered Yitzchak, and Yitzchak was 40 years old when he took for himself Rebecca, Rivka, the daughter of Betuel, the Aramean from Padan Aram, the sister, of Lavan, the Aramean, to be his wife. Yitzchak prayed to Adonai on behalf of his wife because she was barren. And think about that. Think about that. Yitzchak prayed on behalf of his wife because she was barren. What was he praying for? He was praying for a miracle. And Abraham was praying for a miracle. And And um, Jacob was praying for a miracle because his wife was, his wives were barren at, at first. And think about it. They, way back then, they didn't have computers. They didn't know all the things we know of science and everything else, but they knew God. And they knew that if they need a miracle, they can pray for a miracle. Let's believe that and let's trust that. And so what we need to do in our life, in our life, what we need to do is pray and pray and pray for the miracles in our lives that we want to happen. We we need to pray and sometimes... Sometimes we go through life and it seems. sometimes it seems like one negative thing after another, after another, keeps happening. But are we getting on our knees? Are we praying? Are we seeking? Are we believing for a miracle? How many here believe that God can do a miracle in your life? Hallelujah. And God has done miracles in our lives. And God has done miracles in our lives. In our, families lives and God has done miracles in our congregational life. I mean it's just so many things we have to pray and let's not let's not stop praying and someone may say, Well I pray all the time. But do we really pray? Do we push in? Do we push in? Do we seek the Lord? And everyone every one of us goes through times when sometimes we we're Stronger in prayer, and other times we are weaker in prayer. That that's normal, and and it's not by works. It's not by how much and how strong that that it happens. But it's by the faith that is in us. That it's all by it's all by faith. And um, and Rebecca Rivka, it was said to her. In verse 23 of chapter 25, Adonai said to her, two nations are in your womb and two peoples from your body will be separated. One people will be stronger, the other people, than the other people, but the older will serve the, will serve the younger. So, we understand that Rivka, Rebecca, knew what was going to happen? So, this whole situation that we read about in the Parsha about Yaakov and Asav, uh, the whole thing with the steward, the birthright. Now, we have to understand the birthright always begins with the firstborn. And we see that um, Asav was the firstborn, and Yaakov. Um, he was named Yaakov because he grabbed his he grabbed his heel, and um, and, and then Esav could have had the birthright, but he gave it up because he was starving, quote unquote starving. He's starving the way we're starving. I mean, we, in our, here in America, we don't really we don't really starve. When you go travel the world, you see people who are really starving. You guys see it in your ministry, right? So, and and um, that is that is. So he was quote unquote starving, and so he he despised his birthright. He really didn't care about it. It didn't mean it didn't mean anything to him. So, um, but the main issue. The main issue in this parsha is the conflict between Esav and Yaakov, and it's um, it's quite common to teach, it's quite common to teach that um, Yaakov was the bad guy. But if we read, if we read um, the Hebrew, and then we read commentaries, and then we think about it. Now commentaries are just commentaries. That's all they are. It's not, the Bible is truth. Commentaries are commentaries. But if you read into the Hebrew and you read different things, you think you 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 see that bottom line is is God wanted wanted the blessing, the love blessing to go through Yaakov. So he knew what was going to happen and he was not concerned the yaakov came out second as a matter of fact it was another miracle it was miraculous that it was going here it is she um, rifka was told that the blessing would the blessing would go through would go through yaakov the covenant would go through yaakov and yet and Yitzchak Isaac probably couldn't figure out how that was going. How was, he didn't he probably didn't even know. Maybe she just held that in her heart, and so he liked he liked um, uh, better, you know, uh, Esav because Asav was was impressive. I mean, you think about it. You think it in, in, in modern day. Maybe in his, in his tent, he had like those moose heads and all those things <laughs> that were all around because he was a hunter. He was a hunter. I, um, I, you know, I, but, but he was one who wanted to fulfill his flesh. But Yaakov became a person who wanted to fulfill God's purpose. It wasn't always like that, but as, as we're going to read later on in, 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 the, in the scripture, not today, but in, in the Parsha, we, we see where God changed his name to Yisrael because he, per, he prevailed with God. But it's that battle, that battle between Jacob and Esau that continues today. The battle between Isaac and Ishmael that continues today. And, um, and let us also understand that it is said the proper interpretation of the scripture does not put Yaakov in a position where he is deceitful. In other words, proper interpretation, biblical interpretation, um, shows that Yaakov, and and let's forget, there were times when when he did wrong, and of course, there are times, but when we become a new person, we are not supposed to be judged because of our past and in the body of messiah many many commentaries in the body of messiah many many christian commentaries in the body of messiah paints a real negative picture about jacob but how would each one of us who's writing a commentary like to be judged because of our past he was a changed person, and he was the anointed of God. He was Hashem's anointed, so the the covenant went through went through Jacob. And what we see when Isaac blessed Yaakov first with first because Yaakov. He, maybe he, I, I can't even say he stole the birthright because, because it, was God's, it was God's plan that the covenant was going to go through him. So whatever reason, I mean, God could have done it another way. He could have had Yaakov come, come out first, but he didn't for whatever God's reasons were, it didn't matter, but it was a miracle that the blessing went down through Yaakov. And you can't say, well, it wasn't supposed to be. Yes, it was supposed to be because God spoke it to Rivka. So again, God knows what's gonna happen. He's gonna make what his promise is come true. And God has promised us all different things. And it may may seem like it's not happening. But we have to believe that what he promised us is going to happen. Because it's his word and his word is true. So what we saw in this parsha was a transfer of power, a transfer of power from, from the elder to the younger, from Yitzchak to to his son Yaakov, because the blessing and you have to and 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 the blessing only went to the firstborn, but because he. Esav gave it up and gave it to to Jacob. That was that. Then Yitzchak was able to give the blessing to the younger. So there's a transfer of power. Now, um, Rabbi Joey, wouldn't you someday? love to be able to take all the anointing God has given you and the blessings that he's given you and be able to pass it down to your son and daughter too. But wouldn't you love to do it and just do it. And, and, and you actually have already started doing it by training them the right way. You see, when we train our children the right way, Then they grow up and that's the beginning of what God wants. That's how how they can be that transfer of power. When you're in the same faith, you, you continue, your children continue, you train them. And if you train them the right way, you train them in righteousness, when they are older, they will not depart from it. And that is what you are doing with your family and Rabbi Rutledge is doing that with his family. And I have done that with 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 my family. And um and my um my daughter in law, um, Maritza, when she was in when she was in Israel, she got this beautiful picture for for us, and she wrote a note on the back of it. Such a beautiful, beautiful note. Of um, and Maritza was in our congregation for a couple of years. That's where she met my son, and um, she wrote such a beautiful note to me of thanking me for for being the one in her life who brought helped bring her closer to to Hashem. So, um, but that's a beauty that I, I just felt. I felt wonderful when that happened because, because you see that's what it is. That's what our function is to do. All of us. You don't have to be a rabbi. You don't have to be a pastor. You don't have to be a, a priest or, the, um, or whatever. You have to be a person, a vessel of God, so that the Spirit of God can go through you and and the blessings can come. We wanna I I would I'd like to be a vessel and just let the Spirit of God just fall upon you. It's so awesome. This is this is the thing. We want to be the vessels of God. So Let's think of the battle that we go through. We, in the Haftorah portion, we read the, we read the, the Torah and the Brit HaDashah uh, portion. In the Haftorah portion, which is Malachi, um, chapter 1 to chapter 2, verse 7, we see the Kohanim, we see the Kohanim were a dishonoring God. Because they weren't giving their best to him. They despised the name of God by offering defiled food on his altar. They weren't willing worshippers. They lost their focus on God and they got lost in themselves. There is a lot of narcissism going on in this world today. Where people are just caring about themselves. What about loving God with all your heart, soul, and strength and loving your neighbor as yourself? We, we have to not allow all the things going on to affect us. We need to be such strong vessels of God that what and who is in us will go through us and affect the people of our communities. We have to be vessels in these days. And we do it by not offering the blind, lame, and sick animals on the offers. I love when it says in Malachi, um, Oh, yeah, look at this, look at this animal that you put in sacrifice. It's, it's blemished, it's a it's sick animal, and God says, would you give that to your, would you offer that to your governor? And I love when he says that. Would we give that to someone else? No, but we want to give it to God, God wants us to give his best, our best. We got to give our best in our time, our talent, and our tithe. We have to give our best to God, and we must give our best. Can we honestly, think about this, can we honestly say, I, when we're serving God, do we say, well, that's it, I did my job, and that's all I'm going to do? Or do we say, I wish I could do more. Is there anything else that I can do? What is the attitude that we, ha- that we have? Do we um, wish we could spend more time doing God's work? Or do we say, all right, you know, I, I can help you this time. I only got about an hour I can help, but um, I really can't do it anymore because I'm, I'm so busy with my life. Well, God wants us to give it all to him. Do we um, ever pray for more strength and health so we can serve the Lord better? Yes, you do. And... Um, and I love in, in Nehemiah 4.6, it says, for the people had a mind to work, a mind to serve. Do we have a mind and heart to serve? Well, we're at the time where the battle is continuing, is continuing, and... Um, as as I said, the descendants of Esav, the Edomites will continue to try to kill the descendants of Yaakov It will always happen until the end it's just like it's just like the spirit of Amalek will always be there too until until God stops until the end and um and what does god what did, did God mean by saying Yaakov I love but Esav I hate it. and we and we said that the that the um, that the covenant blessing was passed on from generation to generation but there's something that I read that, uh, that I, I liked it's that um, when Rivka dismounted from the camel now the camel is is not a kosher animal, and when she saw Yitzchak, and she got off from the camel, and then she became a besa echad, a one flesh with Yitzchak. It was her giving away the old, giving away the part that from her family that was wicked, giving that away and it was her new beginning. It's like today through Yeshua, we have new beginnings through, through Messiah and that's what we call, well, we've been born again. But that's what Rifka did. Not a born again, it was, but she was on the camel and I love, as I said, I read that, I didn't make it up, I read it, and I thought it was great, is that she was, she rode on the camel. And that was part of her past. And she got rid of that by dismounting. She didn't just stay, she saw Yitzchak, and she didn't say on and say hi and introduce herself. She got off. She got rid of the evil past and came into the presence of God. And from that point on, for her, li- for her whole life, she was a woman of God. And each and every one of us, each and every one of us who have had a born again experience, we have become a new creation. And what we've done is we've left our past, the evil part of our past behind. We've left that and we've come and we've been come to be part of the family of God. God is asking us today to come into his presence. We've already said yes, and that's why we're here, because we're believers in the Messiah. But God is telling us to not only say yes but to say yes by giving the best that we have as unto him. He's telling us let's leave the greediness and the selfishness and and the the ugliness some of the ugliness of our past let's leave it behind and let us not be like the Kohanim were when they gave the defiled offerings to God. Let our everyday life be as given as unto the Lord. And if we could, and if we could do that, then we can be like Yaakov, who, whose destiny was to confront the evil in his, in his life and he confronted the evil by confronting Esav. Maybe he didn't know that that's what he was doing, but when you study his life, he had confronted, and then he confronted Esav and he confronted Lavan Later on in, in, this, in the scripture, we, we read that. His destiny was being one who had to give the best as unto God. So even before his birth, he began to fulfill his destiny. And you know what? God's not surprised that we have come to know him. He knew who was coming to know him. And even before our birth, we, like Jacob, were supposed to fulfill our destiny of not letting the world affect us, but let us affect God the world. Let us be the ones who bring light to our community and let it spread. The battle continues but we are the vessels. The battle continues but we have the victory. And let's give that victory to our communities. The victory of the Spirit of God. The Spirit of Yeshua. Let us be the vessels for that. And if we're the vessels for that, We will make a difference. So, Father God, in the name of Yeshua, we ask that we would make a difference, that we would make a difference, Lord God. Let us be the vessels. Let us fulfill our destiny that was even before you gave to us, even before we were born, you gave to us in the womb. Because we know, Lord God, that you were with us from a point of conception. And you're with us always. So Lord God, let us be the vessels that you want us to be. The battle continues, but we have the victory in the end. We thank you, Lord. In Yeshua's name we pray. Amen and amen. Shabbat shalom.